Welcome back to all my naughty readers out there. I'm Chanel Ivy, and this is Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads Podcast. I hope you're ready for some wickedly sexy fun, because in this episode, we're going to experience some fictional reading entertainment. I'm going to read a few excerpts from some of my fellow romance and erotica writer friends again, and these authors are sure not to disappoint. The first excerpt I'm going to read is from my good friend Ariel Italics, and the book The Rule of Three is set to go live on August 17th, 2020. Ariel Italics is the nom de plume of a best-selling author who lives in America's heartland. Her goal is to preserve the dignity of family members who would rather not be associated publicly with a woman who writes such scandalous and stimulating novels. She's definitely not going to stop writing them, though. She loves her family, pets, great books, not-so-great books that still entertain, and art. Born and raised near the beaches of Southern California, Aria Talix traveled the world extensively and then found her true home in the Midwest. She has a second-degree black belt in karate and has been a professional artist for many years. Her work is displayed in countries all over the world. A sudden brainstorm prompted the first of her novels, Make Believe, And since then, the ideas just keep tumbling out like an avalanche. Her books include Porter the Importer, Make Believe, and the artists that make up the Drummond series and the Lovers in Louisville series that consists of Saving Her, Saving Him, and Savor This. The Rule of Three is a spinoff of the Lovers in Louisville series and is a standalone novel. This excerpt is from the beginning of The Rule of Three, which is a male-male-female romance. Tanner, our main character, is at Princeton for his freshman year, and he left his girlfriend Zoe back in Kentucky after telling her they needed a breakup. He regrets his decision, but we'll see what happens. College is all about learning and trying new things, right? Well, let's jump right on into it, shall we? The Rule of Three Going outdoors was a refreshing change from the deafening, stuffy party, and Tanner took in grateful gulps of chilly air as they made their way back to Monica's dorm. His ears rang, however, and he had the beginning of a headache. Come on in, honey, she ordered with a grin when they got to her room. My roommate's out for the whole night. She took his hand and pulled him through the door. As soon as they got inside, Monica flung off her coat and whipped around to face Tanner. She dropped her knees and unzipped his pants. Whoa. Tanner was so shocked he didn't even know how to react, but his boner did it all for him. As soon as he looked down and felt her hand grasp his dick and pull it free, he was as stiff as a cement block. The sight of that long, dark hair leaning towards him and then the feel of her hot mouth around him almost did him in. He moaned loudly and happily and shoved his finger roughly into Monica's long, black hair. Unfortunately, the hair felt like plastic, and when he grasped it, the wig slipped off. He was left holding it in his hand. His next moan was that of complete horror. He saw platinum hair where there ought to have been a brunette, and he dropped the wig on the floor with a soft plop. His boner deflated faster than a whoopee cushion under a hippo. Monica looked up at him and asked, What the fuck? I thought you'd be down for some fun, Tanner. Looking anywhere but at her, he mumbled, Sorry zipped his fly, and made for the door. On his brisk walk back to his own dorm, he mused, well, maybe now she'll leave me alone in class. I feel like a class A jerk, though. 
Tanner was a mess. He removed his smelly, beer-stained suit and pulled on a pair of flannel pants. He crawled into his bed and started to think about Zoe. Shutting his eyes, he remembered her sweet innocence the first time she'd blown him. She'd dropped to her knees and he'd wrapped her long hair in one hand while he balanced himself with the other hand against the top of his desk chair. He remembered the feel of her silky tresses and her soft lips. He'd cried out in bliss and blown his load down her throat before she'd even gotten going. Tanner's hand crept into his pants and he began to stroke his erection. Feeling constricted, he stopped, pushed away the blankets and undid his drawstring and shoved his pants down for better access. Spitting into his palm, he grabbed himself again, envisioning Zoe's mouth and her perfect tits. With closed eyes and a hand that was sliding up and down ferociously, Tanner was enjoying his fantasy to the hilt when his roommate, Eli, opened the door. Eli took two steps into the room, quickly shut the door, and gave Tanner a lascivious grin. Want some help with that? He asked with a nod of his head toward Tanner's crotch. Expecting a frustrated debone number two in one night, Tanner was dumbfounded to realize he was even harder than before. He opened and closed his mouth like a fish. The only sound that finally came out was a croak. Tanner's roommate, Ellison Whitaker, was a legacy Princetonian. His father, grandfather, and great-grandfather had all attended the university, and there was never a doubt about whether Eli would get in, not that he wasn't qualified. He was from a prominent New York family that had billions and used them to further their agendas by constantly throwing money at politicians and the media. Eli was tall with black hair and stunning hazel eyes. He was so handsome he was nearly beautiful in a male model kind of way. He also loved to walk around the room with barely any clothes on as often as he could. It had never bothered Tanner, who really liked the guy from the first day they'd arrived on campus, but Eli's question flabbergasted him. His own reaction to Eli shocked Tanner even more. Eli's personality was so magnetic. Men, women, they were all drawn to him like hummingbirds to nectar. Suddenly, Tanner realized that Eli had been flirting with him all along, and he just chalked it up to friendliness and a dislike of clothing in a room that tended towards stuffy in the early fall. The historical dorm was not air-conditioned, so a lack of clothing had seemed somewhat normal. But now that the temperatures were dropping, Eli still hadn't worn a lot. Tanner remembered cutting short his dates a few times to hang with Eli, and now understanding he'd been affected by Eli subconsciously from the very beginning. With his mouth still hanging open and his dick still doing this flagpole impression, Tanner watched as Eli sat down carefully next to him on the bed. Staring straight into Tanner's eyes, Eli asked softly, Ever done it with a guy? Tanner still just stared and shook his head. His dick was so hard by now, it hurt. May I? asked Eli as he covered Tanner's hand with his own. You might be surprised at how great it is when someone with the same equipment does it for you. With his other hand, he gently pulled Tanner's hand off. Say yes, Tanner, and I'll rock your world. He stroked up and down Tanner's shaft as Tanner tore his eyes away to watch the big male hand stroking his dick. He couldn't deny it felt wonderful. You're so beautiful, Tanner. I've been dying to do this for weeks now. Say yes, please. Tanner closed his eyes, felt the pressure building and building in his balls, and croaked out, Yes, do it. He didn't know what had come over him, but for some reason it felt more than right. And then his eyes flew open again as he felt a hot, wet mouth engulfing him all the way to his sack. 
Oh my God, Eli. Eli shoved Tanner's pants down past his knees, swirling his tongue around the hard shaft. Eli slid his hand between Tanner's legs. He reached up, stroking Tanner's balls gently and then slid his long fingers behind Tanner's scrotum, seeking out his asshole. The entire time, Eli's mouth kept up the intense suction, sliding up and down as his free hand firmly grasped the base of Tanner's erection. Tanner was beside himself. He'd never in a million years have pictured himself with his dick in some dude's mouth, but it felt amazing. He involuntarily jutted his hips up, seeking more pleasure. When he did, he felt strong fingers massaging his ass. This new experience was too much. He succumbed to the tremendous pleasure and cried out in a managed croak, Coming! Eli chuckled and sucked even harder. He increased the pressure of his fingertips and swallowed as Tanner shook and shuddered, groaning with release. He sucked and sucked until Tanner had no more to give, and then he shocked Tanner one more time. Eli's mouth released Tanner's cock, but he kept his fingers in place, still stroking him. Then he kissed the daylights out of Tanner. Tanner could taste the salty cum on Eli's tongue and discovered he liked it. The feel of Eli's rough cheeks against his was a totally new sensation that Tanner immediately enjoyed. He also liked it when Eli stood and pulled off all his clothes, leaving them in a heap and climbed back into the bed, pulling Tanner into his arms. Tanner pulled back for a moment, kicked off his pants and pulled the blanket over them, snuggling back into Eli's embrace. In the middle of the night, Tanner awoke to a weird sensation of a long, muscular, hairy leg sandwiched between his own two legs. At first, it startled him, but then he realized he liked it. The next time he woke up, the hairy leg was gone, and the person it was attached to was snoring slightly across the room. Dorm beds weren't exactly built for two men their size. Tanner grumbled, pulled on his pajama bottoms, headed for the bathroom to take a leak, and looked at himself in the mirror. What does this mean about you? He asked his reflection. His reflection had no answer, but looked content, so he went back to bed. At ten the next morning, he woke up a third time when a hot, warm mouth landed on his. Apparently, whatever happened last night didn't need to be over. Tanner was stunned at how happy that made him. When the kiss ended, Tanner asked, Don't you have a girlfriend back home? Eli shrugged nonchalantly and answered, I got a Dear John text from her two weeks ago. No great loss. She was sort of for show anyway. Tanner furrowed his brow. Why do you need someone for show? What's the big deal if you're gay? Family obligations and expectations. They'll come around, Eli sighed. Or not. And I'm bi anyway. I sometimes prefer men. And I'm incredibly attracted to you, Tan. Well, well, wasn't that a salaciously sexy tidbit from the rule of three? I thought it was exciting, and it's always good to spice things up with a bit of change in orientations. Well, our next selection is called Taboo, and it's the first book in a series of erotic romances written by Kathleen Lawless. She writes the type of books she wanted to read when no one else was reading them. Not to be confused with erotica, Secret Seductions is a series of highly charged sensual relationship stories that stay true to the romance mainstay of one man and one woman with a happy ending. The level of heated sexual encounters are important to complete the character arc because the intimacy is necessary developmentally 
as each character explores and learns various aspects of themselves and their partner. Kathleen Lawless blames a misspent youth watching Rawhide, Maverick, and Bonanza for her fascination with cowboys, which doesn't stop her from creating a wide variety of interests and occupations for her alpha male heroes. Her hero, Steele, in Undercover, is a modern-day cowboy, so when she was wooed by a man called Steele, well, he's not a cowboy. He is an alpha male and her forever hero, which is why all of her stories end in happily ever afters. Not that she can ever stick to just one genre. So many stories to tell, never enough time. With close to 30 published novels to her credit, she enjoys pushing the boundaries of traditional romance into historical romance, erotic romance, suspense, women's fiction, and stories for young adults. You can sign up for Kathleen's VIP reader group to receive a free book, updates, special giveaways, and fan-priced offers. The link is in the podcast description for your convenience. Now let's jump right into what promises to be a steamy good time with Taboo by Kathleen Lawless. We start off at chapter two. Where had his impetuousness led him this time? Bridge wondered. For a certainty, the blindfolded carriage ride had served as tantalizing fodder for his vivid imagination and kindled his expectations for the upcoming week. But the lively woman who had secured his services at the auction had now divested herself of him, leaving him in the company of this tall, cool ice princess. Everything about the woman before him appeared tinged with frost, from her silver-blue eyes to hair so pale blonde as to be nearly silver. She wore it pulled back from her cameo perfect face, not a single hair out of place. For now, Bridge smiled inwardly. Warming her up could prove to be a good bit of fun. In his considerable experience, those women who appeared outwardly icy tended to have the hottest core. Where exactly are we? Was it his imagination, or did she pinken slightly at the boldness of his gaze? You hardly need concern yourself with such trifling details, she replied haughtily. I mean this room, which is most curious in its appointments. I trust it's to be my abode for the next seven days. She worried her full lower lip slightly before giving a jerky nod of agreement. He stretched arms toward the ceiling. Might as well make himself at home then. I shall require a hot bath. It was a devilishly long carriage ride to get here. She smiled and he wondered what he had said to give her such amusement. I shall see to the bath later, she said. First, you're to earn your keep. Kindly disrobe if you please. Now that was more like it. Bridge shrugged out of his jacket and started on the pearl buttons fronting his shirt. He didn't see a bed any place. The seti, pushed off to one side, would no doubt serve. Unless perhaps the lady liked it standing up, or bent over a table, or... As he unfastened his trousers, he licked his lips, envisioning the limitless prospects afforded by the unconventional surroundings. Yes, indeed. This adventure could prove very much to his liking. She was staring at him, seemingly entranced as he doffed his shirt. No doubt she was saddled with a neglectful husband, off-seeing to other pursuits, as well as other women. Bridge sat down to remove his boots and stockings. Then he paused, leaned back on the settee, and extended one booted foot her way. Some women prefer to help. 
you strike me as being eminently capable. In many ways, as you shall find out, Bridge replied. Shall I light the fire? Later, perhaps. She paced before him as she spoke. Here, yes, glowing, and her cheeks flushed with excitement or anticipation, perhaps both, as she observed him from different angles. Animation gave her features an unusual beauty. I'm honored that you think me, alone, capable of keeping you warm. However, I do enjoy the experience of bucking before a crackling fire, don't you? She halted in mid-stride and drew herself erect. You clearly have the wrong impression of the type of service I require. Hadn't he heard that one before? Come to think of it, what hadn't he heard? I need the settee move closer to the windows. Facing like so, she indicated her wishes with a grateful wave of her hands. Bridge's honor off for the job, Bridge inquired. Please yourself. Off then, quickly Bridge added his trousers to the tidy pile of discarded clothing, aware that he cut a dashing figure with or without the latest style draping his frame. But as he repositioned the settee as ordered, he was chagrined that she hadn't really seemed to notice. Instead, she appeared to be fussing with several lengths of cloth across the room. He settled himself on the settee to wait. She turned and started towards him, a bundle of claret-colored velvet in her arms, then let out a startled cry at the sight of him draped decorously on the furniture. His cock responded the way it always did when a beautiful woman was in the room. There now. Is that what you had in mind? It's a start, at least, Fallon said, appearing to recover herself. Kindly rise for a moment. I wish to lay this fabric beneath you, and I want you to lay beneath me. Bridge rose and watched as she draped the fabric just so, tucking and bunching it in some spots, smoothing it in others. Why did she even bother when they were about to mess it up? Eventually, she straightened, seeming satisfied with her efforts. I think that'll do. Again, a graceful wave of her hand, as you were. I'll need a little help with that, Bridge said as he resumed his pose, for his cock had deflated due to the lack of attention. Why don't you come over here and make me hard? I actually prefer you flaccid for the time being. Can't promise to stay that way for long, Bridge said cheerfully. He was as good as his word, his member beginning to stir the second she moved closer. He could smell her heat, her slightly moist skin, her fragrance. Most of all, he could smell her excitement, that universal female smell of a woman aroused by passion. One of us is wearing entirely too many articles of clothing, he murmured. As she leaned in, he reached toward her, attempting to pull her down upon him. Don't move, she snapped, smartly batting his hand away. Don't you dare move a muscle until I say you can. So that's how it's going to be played then. She raked her fingers through his hair and the feel of her nails against his scalp served to excite him further. He'd been tied up and ravaged a time or two, but never forced to hold a pose for an extended period of time. How long do you expect me to sit like this? As long as it takes, she said. Now if you would be so good as to stop talking and allow me to concentrate. To his amazement and disbelief, she reached for a block of white paper and an unwieldy-looking chunk of charcoal and proceeded to sketch him. He truly was a magnificent male animal, a virile combination of outward domestication yet obviously still half-wild inside. 
untamed and untamable beneath the thin veneer of civilized behavior. Fallon's hand moved without hesitation as she filled sheet after sheet of paper till the floor around her was littered. She'd never sketched the human form before, having restricted herself to still lifes and landscapes. My word, what she had missed. A living, breathing form with its definition of muscle and sinew, light and shadow, skin and hair. She recalled the controversy generated by artists William Rimmer and William Morris Hunt, who offered classes for women that included life drawing. She had heard rumors that the female students were criticized and praised as frankly as any man and wondered how that might feel. She had opted for safety herself, still lifes and landscapes, and no one to criticize her work save herself. Until now, and the pulse of raw, primal power surging through her, as if she had been born for no other purpose than the chance to capture the likeness of the man before her. Her blood sang and danced through her veins. She had never felt so inspired, so tapped into her passions. Fallon sketched tirelessly until her hand abruptly spasmed with a cramp. She ignored it and pressed on, frenzied haste in her movements. The light was changing. Her eyes saw, but her hand refused to do her bidding, and the charcoal tumbled from her fingers to land at her feet. Reluctantly, she laid aside her sketch block. She was primed. Tomorrow, she would start using color. May I move now? Of course. I'm so sorry. Fallon stood, flexing her fingers to restore the blood flow, instantly contrite. If she was experiencing a cramped hand, think how her subject must feel. I'm afraid I'm going to need some help, he grimaced as he spoke. I do apologize. I'm afraid I haven't been so focused or so inspired in such a very long time. Several long strides brought her to his side, where she took hold of his arm and began to lightly massage the muscles stretching from forearm to elbow to upper arm to shoulder. She could feel the power beneath her touch. Is that better? She asked anxiously. What if she'd worked him too hard, to the point where he was unable to pose for her tomorrow? Somewhat. He struggled from his half-recline to a fully seated position. Fallon tugged on his arm, attempting to help, unprepared for his playful tug back, which toppled her into his lap. There now, my turn to pose you. He rearranged a dampened tendril of hair that curled near her brow. You smell delicious. His words, a slight rumble in her ear, were followed by the wet warmth of his open mouth against her sensitive skin just below her earlobe. His other arm rested comfortably around her midsection near her breasts, which had begun to tingle in a most distracting way. Even through the modest folds of her brocade gown and layers of underpinnings, she felt a masculine stirring beneath her. Her nether regions responded in a most unmistakable, shocking way. Waves of heat rippled through her, followed by a trickle of moisture from her heated female core. He continued to lave her neck, seeking the responsive dip between shoulder and neck, following it to the sensitive nape, one finger burrowing beneath the neckline of her prim gown. At the same time, his hand around her midriff quested upward, strong, capable fingers rubbing the hardened nubs of her nipples. She gasped softly in relief. Never before had she felt as if her nipples were attached directly to her inner sanctum, but the piercing rush of heat from one to the other was accompanied by a flood of liquid from that wellspring of femininity. I knew you'd be a hot little thing, 
all that simmering heat just barely glossed over with a facade of coolness. Fallon flushed more deeply. How could he know the fantasies that invaded her dreams, as well as her waking hours? The images of unclothed limbs entwined, sex, sweat, damp bodies, moans and cries and carnal delights she would never know. But imagine them she did, to the best of her limited knowledge, how in mere minutes had Bridge discovered her secret. As she attempted to pull away, she succeeded only in inflaming things further. Squirming in his lap, she felt his cock harden and lengthen with each slight movement, and her body responded with melting wetness. Don't pretend you're not wet, he said. I can feel it. He pinched one nipple lightly as he spoke, and Fallon heard herself whimper helplessly, wanting, needing more. Open your legs. That's it. Impatiently, he pushed her skirt out of the way. She felt the cool air of the room against the overheated skin of her inner thighs. He probed her slit through her damp knickers, knowing fingers teased her overheated flesh. Please, Fallon said on a breathy sigh. It's not right. Give me a second, Bridge said throatily. I promise you I'll make it right. As he spoke, he slipped a finger beneath her lace-trimmed knickers. Such a contrast. His calloused finger pad on her soft flesh. His cool skin against her heat. His dry finger now moist from her juices. Well now, that was a beautifully written piece of romance right there. I'm not one to read period piece romances, but I think Kathleen Lawless might have just converted me to a reader of this genre. It's so properly improper. I love it. Well, that's all I have time for on this episode of Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads podcast, but check back soon or better yet, click that follow button so you'll get notifications when my next podcast is released for your listening enjoyment. On our next sultry session, I'll read more exciting scenes from my author friends and I'll definitely get to that hot topic of kinks. I can't wait until then. But it's goodbye until next time, my naughty readers. And as always, happy reading, y'all.